Hi, everyone. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever the world you are living in right now. Welcome to another episode of my podcast channel, Data Science with Sam. This episode brings a brand new topic of my interest, sports analytics. Uh, in growing world, I mean, uh, to this world, you have seen a lot of in implementation of analytics in the sports industry. Uh, it's kind of very prevalent in various uh, sporting areas, like in soccer, in baseball, in cricket, basketball, in other areas as well. Uh, I never actually in, uh, talked about this analytics stuff, even if I have a, a profound interest in soccer and other stuff. People who are actually watching this video could see me that I'm actually wearing my uh, Manchester United jersey, the club I've been following for last uh, 20 years. So to talk about this thing, I actually have an expert from the sports industry who's going to give us a little bit of a rundown of how the analytics and data science plays crucial role in the soccer area. Um, so my today, today's guest is Anna D'Souza. Anna, welcome to the session. I'm very happy to have you here. Thank you, Sam, for having me. I'm excited to talk about football or soccer for those in America. Right, I think soccer has been part of my life since day one. So I'm happy to express my journey and how I actually got into uh, soccer analytics. Kind of, I guess it's kind of as a, as a mistake, but obviously, well, there's a plan for all of us. So just uh, excited to be here. Thank you so much, Anna. And I love the way you say that in football, but you know, it goes by soccer in the United States. Something who basically came to the United States like uh, more than 10 years back, also having an interest in football and soccer both. Kind of, I, I can relate to that because how I, I kind of let, uh, literally caught up with that term football in the United States and later life, I kind of try to make myself clear that I need to say soccer over here in this country to make people realize that which sports I'm referring to. So anyway, so going into our discussion, but I think as you mentioned that, you know, like um, you've been into soccer industry, been working there for a long time. I'm pretty sure my viewers or listeners would love to know about your professional journey or your academic interest. So could you please give us a little bit of a historical tour of your professional journey thus far? And, you know, we'll go from there. For sure, Sam. So first off, I started playing when I was young. Right, I played for a while um, up until I uh, broke my foot and then I had to get some metal screws in. So I kind of sidetracked it. That was uh, my last years of uh, high school. So typically during that time, you pretty much figure out whether you're going to play in college or you're just going to play like recreationally. And to be honest, the, the injury really messed my uh I had like PTSD because I just couldn't, I, I didn't feel the same again. And back then there wasn't like proper, especially where I grew up in Miami, Florida, there wasn't proper like resources to, to mitigate that. So I decided to go more the academic route, right? So I went to school for economics. Um, my family from my mom's side, uh, they're economists. So when I chose majors, I was like, I'm just going to pick that because my grandma's that and my uncle is that. And I really liked it, to be honest. Um, I didn't really know anything about it <laughs> until I started. But that's kind of how my journey began, especially with data science. I think I graduated uh, 2019. So but back then, like it was just the beginning of what is Python, what is all that all the coding stuff uh, with regards to statistics and economics and you know, that data visualization application to um, economics and more, I would say, uh, like financial things of in academia. 
So I took a class called Econometrics um, using Python, and we were like the first class ever in my university to to do econometrics with uh, Python, and it was really it was very hard because there wasn't much re there wasn't many resources out there uh, for like debugging or like the Chat GPT didn't exist. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, no, yeah, none of that existed. So in order for us to just get the code right or debug something or if there's a typo or if there was like something not correct we had to stack overflow it or like figure it out on our own so very traditional in that sense but um and during the 2019 uh women's world cup that was my senior semester of a university so i had a lot of like research background when it comes to football i coached uh youth soccer um you know as like a side hustle um, to get through college and, you know, uh, have food in the table. Um, so I, I acquired my U.S. Soccer C license. So in that sense, like I had the coaching mindset, but then I also had like the analytics mindset when it, when it comes to like economics and I had experience with Python already. Um, so the 2019 World Cup is when I really started to like play around with stuff like data visualization, but I was just plotting, I would say, like shot plots and just plotting mm -hmm. random stuff. Um, nothing really purposeful. I would say, I mean, it, it is purposeful, but nothing of of concrete, which I what which is what I do right now. And then um yeah, then after that I started working at CongaCaf. It wasn't analytics driven, but it was with women's football, um, more on the strategical side, a lot of the research side. And then I ended up uh, working for the referee department, which uh I ended up working, uh, assisting, implementing VAR. So that's where I got the football technology side and it really opened doors to the football technology aspect of stuff and also huddle, sports code. And then from there, I started acquiring skills, uh, manipulating different data sets, such as like JSON files, text files, um, and, and more of the event data slash uh, unstructured JSONs that sports code will spit out or like a panini or my va or whatever beta analysis tools you use so that's kind of how i got into that miss pandemic as well uh, we had a lot of time so did explore with referee data as well so that's where i kind of started branching out um from the data analytics side and then fast forward uh i i started working at ea um, I was there for like a year and a half, one as a data reviewer for the game, and then as a data producer, uh, specifically for the NWSL, which is a women's side of the game. And then um, basically just organize the data components to that. And then now, fast forward a year and a half later, um, I, I do scouting and insights for an agency, as well as I work for the uh, Jamaican Women's National Team, where there I really do uh, more of the metric side of stuff, KPIs in accordance to our game model. So I think that's kind of like, it was very much of a yeah, roller coaster. A lot of grounds, you know, you, people yeah, yeah, but I think a company organization to a, like a spot team. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I've, I've been tossed, to, I, I would say I've been tossed around a lot in terms of like career wise, but I think every single thing that has, uh, that I've acquired experience has only made me better, I think. Um, 
that has maybe seen the game in very various different angles and then I can provide insights and maybe acquire new metric ideas or whatever it is with accordance to my experience, right? I think uh, with experience is, I think experience is probably the most valuable thing in any field, for example, regardless of like, if you're in sport, if you're in, you know, business intelligence of a company, if you don't have experience or the storytelling aspect or the communication aspect of that, like you're going to struggle a lot regardless of how well you code, how well your, uh, you know, your technical skills are. So I think for me, uh, based on my experience, I can, you know, quote unquote, put things in simple forms because I did coach kids, but then at the same time, put things in ways for non-technical people, but as well as technical people. So that's something, I think that's the most important part. And then also the football side is also really important. That's um, important, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a well, fascinating story. Um, so like, you know, I love your journey. Like you started, um, you earned a degree in economics, and then after that, you kind of like literally transitioned into a field of your interest. And you said that you literally acquired a license, um, you know, in coaching. And uh, so I just want to ask, you know, like, uh, do you think like being a, like a sports analyst, that having a degree or like having a, you know, like coaching license or even having like a profound interest uh, to know about the nitty gritty of the game helped you out in this particular profession? Uh, like, for example, like as a data scientist, we all need to know business acumen. But having worked in the sports industry, your business acumen is learning the game, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you think that, you know, is it, do you think that actually helps you to like, you know, uh, have a good progress, career growth in the sports industry because of your prior experience in licensing, you know, coaching and also even playing soccer, the game in, in general? Yeah, for sure. I think um, for the most part, as I... Like I mentioned before, the communication piece is important, especially if you're a data scientist or a data analyst, because you have to communicate to your stakeholder and your stakeholder oftentimes is either the players, the coaches, depending if you work for a team. Um, and they don't know the terms you use, right? So you have to put it in no, the Tableau Python or any. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't think they, they care. I mean, some sure. of them do ask, but they're... Uh, we try to keep it high level, right? In whatever way, shape, form we're doing it. And acquiring those insights, right? Just keep it high level. And in order for you to keep it high level or to present it in a way that empathizes or that puts them, puts the insights in their own shoes is, I think is important. And I believe the only way, not the only way, but one of the most strong ways that you can acquire that form of empathy or that form of like putting being in another person's shoes is literally being in those shoes right so from the coach's aspect um and the playing aspect I did not play or coach at you know a high high level but the foundations and the principles are there I understand a lot of um what a game model entails to how to like prepare coaching sessions so doing that really helps um assist you know the head coach assist the team and that's kind of what we're there for we're there to support and the most important thing is that we do it in a way that is even flowing cohesive um and that because at the end of the day it's a team sport so whatever benefits the team is what is uh what's going to be done right so that's true 
um, just wanted to like, you know, since you mentioned that you've been, uh, you know, worked with the Jamaican, um, you know, women's soccer team, helped them out in scouting and other stuff. So just kind of like, it, it basically brings me to my next question is that, how, how do you think, like in your opinion, how do you think that the scouting exercise, the scouting program has been benefited by the sports analytics or some of the decision science, you know, scientific stuff that you've been doing in that? Is it like the scouts are more equipped with, uh, you know, like a knowledge because of the analysts that you have been doing at the back end and providing information about certain players? So they could literally just go out on the market and go out on the field and just cherry pick those players. Uh, and they don't have to go through a very rigorous process uh, because they already have their information uh, like different. Yeah, so it's it's interesting you ask that because um, for a national team, so the scouting variables are a little bit different, right? Sure. Um, just because it's not like the club side, but I could speak from a club angle. Um, I think scouting and recruiting is tremendously important. Um, and nowadays I know people that are exploring data-driven, including myself, like try to mitigate the data-driven uh, scouting. We have different platforms such as like Instat where it uses like a very strange recommender system, right? In order to select uh, different players or suggest players rather, but in reality, scouting and talent ID is super important because at the end of the day, like you want to build a program that is within your game model, right? Or within what you want to bring out to the field or what you think would be the best uh, suit in order for you to win more games or, or, you know, even win a championship. Um, but hand, I mean, there's different types of programs for talent ID uh, or different types of certifications, right? I think a lot of institutions have their own philosophy on talent ID, including the US. They have a whole talent ID department where they scout like youth players, like national teams and stuff. And then they also have different programs um, across every association, I would say, of football. And at the end of the day, like it's so important to handpick your players, right? And not have this like open tryout Correct. scenario. Just because it's like, if you're handpicking them, it's it's a thorough and and very well thought out process before you pick that person. It's kind of like hiring, right? So you're hiring for a job where you're hiring for a position and you want to bring the best candidate in and the candidate that uh, will bring you the most, um, I would say, success. So that's kind of like the same thing with the soccer aspect or the soccer am ambient of of that nature and with Jamaica I think I mean Jamaica's a team that uh depends a lot on their diaspora right such as Venezuela um even the U.S. we saw in Qatar mm -hmm. so there's a certain level of like scouting and and recruitment that does go in order to acquire like more Jamaican players that fit our model and then the u.s is probably like the best example since the that country's ginormous like giant yeah right so huge pull up talents when it comes to yeah 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 so they're the their model of like talent id is that they have like the central office and then they have different pretty much regions right and then you acquire talent id uh it's like a I, i'm not too sure if it's like an actual license but it's in conjunction with like the B license. You have to have a B license in order to get the talent ID. 
portion of it. And then you're eligible to pretty much scout for the national team, like on behalf of U.S. soccer for like youth national team, U17, under 15, under, well, they have like every category. So U14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think handpicking and having eyes is the most important. And then I know that they have philosophy around that of what uh, the identity should be for like a Jamaican player, what the identity should be for a U.S. player. Um, yeah, so hopefully that answers your That's question. That's great. Um, you know, fascinating to know because how <clears throat> it's like, you know, we are kind of like um, trying to bring a common ground between uh, human intelligence and data and kind of just uh, combining that. And it's it comes as a, like a very powerful tool to um, recruit the best talents in the in the market or best talent on the field, uh, so it's it's very fascinating to know about that. Um, so I was thinking, you know, since we're talking about data analytics, that uh, being a data scientist in the finance industry, we always have to, you know, like uh, pay more attention to the data security, regulation, and compliance. Do you guys have any sort of like a guideline, a regulation, or plan that you need to follow in the sports area when you kind of like crunch your data or you know, like you when you in-house your data, so maybe in cloud or somewhere else. Just wanted to like you know pick your brain on that. You know, like what how the regulation compliance guideline uh, fits in the sports industry when it comes to like you know acquiring data or even like you know managing data in a platform. Yeah. So I mean, first off, there's different type of data, right? There's event data, there's tracking data, um, wearables. I think from anything we do on the pitch, there's some kind of data collection, right? Even though someone's not physically collecting it like in a Excel sheet or whatnot. As far as wearables or anything that involves uh, a human being, right? In Europe, there's a EU law for data privacy protection. So that's something, yeah, that's something that is super important to adhere to, um, especially with wearables. In the U.S., it gets a little tricky um, because it depends on the state. Like if you're in California, you have a certain set of rules for that, which is more similar to Europe. I haven't been in the U.S. Uh, for a year, so I wouldn't know exactly what state has what. But I know that um, when it comes down to data release or like data distribution, there's always uh, it's I know people try to be as cautious as possible, especially in the MLS. Um because it's, I, I don't know about right now, but hopefully that's dictated in the CBA, which is a collective bargaining agreement. So um, what kind of data belong, who, what data belongs to who, et cetera, what they're allowed to share and all that stuff. Uh, I think in Europe, it definitely is more outlined and the athlete can just say, uh, because of the, the EU data protection law, can say like, hey, don't use my data. And then you have to apply. Right in the U.S., it's a little bit different, but there are, when it comes to cybersecurities, uh, it really depends on like the host or who hosts, like an ASW or an Oracle, which, um, yeah, I mean, definitely is private and has that sense of security, just like any company, um, financial company or whatnot. The layers to it, uh, probably not as much as like the Pentagon or whatnot, but definitely something like that is that is secured. Um, and then at the, at the end of the day, like, yes, you're dealing with human beings too. That's true. So it's important to distinguish that. 
That's great, great to know because, uh, you know, obviously in the rising threat of cybersecurity, we all need to make sure that uh, we perform our due diligence to protect our data and like, you know, abide by all the rules and guidelines. Uh, it's interesting to know that, you know, like in the US, we do actually have a, maybe different state has different law in terms of protecting the data specific to sports industry, because that's kind of like the same thing I could say in other industries as well, including finance where I belong to. Um, so yeah, so actually that brings me to, I know like the last question of the session. Um, and I have to ask this question given the current progress in artificial intelligence, machine learning and other stuff. I know there are a lot of things going on in the sports industry as well to implement AI. Um, I, I think a few months back, I saw a post where uh, Amazon data scientists was telling that uh, they came up with something, a uh, kind of a tool, an AI tool that will predict um, the game score real time or who's gonna score or something like that. So I wanna just kind of like get your opinion on that, that how artificial intelligence, machine learning, or even this, chat GPT or LLM or like a computer vision stuff would uh, make an influential impact on sports industry. Because I know in sports area, now we have technology there, we can capture uh, real time pictures, you know, we can frame videos, we can run a computer vision model on top of it, you know, predict something and, you know, get people's sentiments or player sentiment. So is it something like, you know, you think will have an influential impact on sports industry and people will actually start using that uh, more, like it will be like a more of like their long-term vision to apply AI and machine learning uh, in their sports analytics area for any professional soccer team or like a, so it's just want to get your opinion on that. Yes, I think AI, machine learning, and all that stuff is already implemented, right? I think, um, well, first and foremost, StatsBomb, all these uh, analytic companies that acquire event data, and even betting companies that you already use Correct. a form of artificial intelligence or machine learning. Um, in the case of event data slash more just like the performance side they use a, a computer vision right to track uh, those who are off the ball so they have that technology and then also track uh, on the ball they have people tagging but at the same time you have to kind of like utilize machine learning techniques to train uh, your algorithm to kind of balance out or like uh, what's it called to in provide in sync the, do the in-sync, the syncing, right, of your event data, which is on the ball, and then your tracking data, so that it's at, at the same time, right? So I know that StatsBomb does that. Um, FIFA also does that. Their EFI um, program in Qatar, that they did that. VR also and, implemented, right? Some of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know that that, I've seen it, so that's already been implemented. I know they use uh, machine learning, probably like a XG boost or like a Skylearn, Skies could learn uh, for like betting, right? Uh, betting odds. Um, if you train your algorithm with matches and then you cat code like different variables um, based off like goals, goals against, goal difference, like the coach, who the opponent is and all that stuff, you can train a, an algorithm to, to, to do predictions, right? So that's already, uh, it's kind of been, already in the in the works from like the betting side and then i know for like in the angle of graph neural networks they there there have been research papers of uh predicting like counterattacks, um predicting goals and stuff so 
that's already been I'm not the most I would say uh experience with graph neural networks nor computer vision but I know yeah. that that work that kind of work has been already implemented my field is more like I can do predictive analytics with no problem it's it's pretty I'm pretty familiar with that but when it comes to graph neural networks and and computer vision it's like oh I mean I could speak on it I just it's not <laughs> but yeah no, it's kind of like a, a yeah 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 a little bit, I just do understand that uh, because I do have a lot of uh, like um, interest in computer vision I worked a little bit on that so that's what I was thinking um from a sports yeah. how like you know in future if, if a goalie like before going into a, like a penalty shootout maybe a goalie could like uh, analyze some of the opponent players try break you know like the way they take short and that yeah. maybe help the goalie to jump on you know either of well sides of that to like you know just save the yeah goal. yeah so like, there's something there was something like really interesting, yeah. Right? yeah yeah someone did something similar to that like uh they did a whole research um paper on and they applied it to his name's Tyler Heaps. Uh, he works yeah. for the U.S. Uh, national team, and he works for Monaco now. He did a pretty much, I believe, it was like a heat map. Um, he could probably uh, speak more about it, uh, where it predicts like the prob with probabilities of the uh, the player where they would shoot their penalty. Okay. So that's how they ended up winning the 2019 Women's World Cup, which is really cool. Um, oh, that's so I suggest. Like, I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely look for uh this person. Uh, Tyler uh, Ibs, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send you his. Uh... Yeah, please, great. Uh, I'll definitely, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, try to reach out to this person. I, I was not aware of that. You know, they try to implement some uh use yeah. cases of AI, you know, to predict where the opponent players will shoot the ball, especially when it comes to penalty shootout. The 2019 yeah, yeah. was a revolutionary, and I I believe that they would continue their momentum this year as well as we're gonna uh, see the World Cup in a few months from now, I guess. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like it's fascinating. Thank you for all the information. I, I love uh, discussing with you. I love knowing about your journey in the field of sports analytics. How you basically pivot from economics to different areas. So now, uh, just a uh, last thing before we wrap it up. Uh, do you have any tips or any suggestion for any newbies who would like to get into the sports analytics field? And uh, not about like, you know, and it, it could be a, a two uh, different types. Like, you know, it could be a person who does not have a prior experience in coaching uh, the particular game or even like not knowing the game in general. Um, so yeah, just, uh, you know, if you have any free tips or suggestion for any newbies who'd like to get into that game without having any prior experience about the, uh, the game in general. Yeah, so I think um, the best way is to be passionate, right? If there's a quote that has stuck with me since forever has been Pelé's quote, which is success is no accident. It is hard work, perseverance, learning, studying, sacrifice, and most of all, love of what you do or are doing and learning to do, right? So I think if you put your mind and body and your whole self into it, um, you'll be successful. So I think that's the most important part, just be dedicated, be studious and just love the game, but then also love to learn, right? So I think that's the most important thing or the best piece of advice I could give anyone well, in anything. 
Now that's the great, great advice, you know, because, you know, it's kind of going to get me to that, uh, thinking me about the saying that, you know, if you love what you do, you never actually work in your life. So yeah, it's just, uh, we all have to be passionate about what we do. And I think we all have the toolkits. We have the technology, we have everything out there. It just, we have to grow the passion and think uh, from a different perspective. So I think that brings me to the end of this session. Anna, thank you for uh, joining me. Thank you for your time. I love talking to you. And I guess we'll definitely continue the discussion in future. Maybe we can bring in other sports analytics and we can have a panel discussion. And maybe you will be able to provide me more information about what's going on in the sports analytics world. Uh, so thank you so much. And um, for my viewers and listeners, uh, please uh, keep following, subscribe to my channel, and please don't forget to download it. My This podcast episode will be available on YouTube, Amazon Music, and on Apple Podcast. So please keep following my channel, Data Science with Sam. I'll definitely be, uh, be back, back with another guest speaker in a couple of weeks. So thank you so much. You all have a great weekend ahead. Thank you. Thanks, Anna. Thank you.